Welcome everybody. Hello. To another episode tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, how we began and how I need to mute my other audio. Um, kind of where the mortal woe started, uh, but more specifically with the West Marches. You know, what is the West Marches? Um, you know, how does it work? How do you get games set up? Um, how did we use it to sort of start our game? And we'll kind of go from there, elaborate a little bit, maybe do some little uh, role play scenarios and have some fun with it. Um, before we jump in, I would like to uh, thank Artlist.io for providing me with some sick music. I use it for our point of inspiration and all my games, whether it's uh, ambient music, battle music, soundboards, great, worth every penny. Um, also like to thank everybody that works with us in the Mortal Woes, um, everything uh, you guys do to make this show work, to make our games work. Um, Keep up the awesome job, and let's keep things going. Um, Mortal Woes, uh, this is an awesome place for people to create things, to learn things, and to play. D&D, uh, tabletop RPGs with friends. Um, also like to give a shout out to uh, XLG. And a new event that's coming up on June the 7th. Um, yeah. Exciting times ahead of us here. Um, and that's partly why uh, the subject is what it is tonight. Uh, so we can kind of go over that. And if uh, some of our players are in here, we'll kind of give you a little review or rundown. Um, kind of what the game's going to look like uh, for the most part. Um, my name is Spio, or Ethan, and my brother here, Etma, or Evan. All right. It's been a, a while since we kind of actually went to start in this thing, huh? Yeah, it's been a few years. I think it all started back, um, I believe it was in the winter or just before that whole Christmas break time. Um, everybody had some free time and, you know, everybody wanted to play some D&D, some, uh, whether it was just, you know, like some pickup game or, you know, I'm sure there were some people out there that were wanting to play some long term, but, um, all of us, Gear Duo, um, I can't remember who all specifically, um, way back in the beginning, since it has been so long, but um, we all kind of put together a, a Discord server to make a place for people to come together and create this little area for us to be able to put groups together, to be able to create um, 
sessions for people to jump in and out of. Um, I believe we established some sort of uh, system. I don't know if we just took the system from something else, but um, it was based off of a tabletop system called the West Marches, which uh, the West Marches, uh, I have a definition here, <laughs> an episodic campaign structure and play style for traditional role-playing games uh, designed explicitly for open table play. Um, Evan, I believe you uh, kind of threw together the rule set, if I'm not mistaken, I remember making um, a little card, a picture that posted in the rules that's still in the server right now of kind of like how you build your character, all the individual levels that you get, you know, from like when you get a certain experience, you can get uh, to this level and it kind of based different level adventures off of what characters you can play. Um, where did you come up with this design or where did you get it from and how did you elaborate on it? So for like the ranking system, it generally comes from what I'm used to, like like uh, the Adventurers Guild in Galabad um, uses the that copper, iron, mithril rank. Like you'll see that in, I mean, there's some, there's animes that use it. Um, a few a goblin slayer overlord and that's kind of the structure we used for for that and so that's where i got that idea from and then we went with the you know mages have their own uh, like sapphire emerald ruby um then it's also it was an easy way to uh generically label levels for missions off the quest board for the players to pick from um and it always feels cool going from it feels better you know they're going from one to two you know you're going from iron to mithril you know or adamantite to dragon a dragonium i think is one of them we created for the dread marches um that's really where i got the idea from is partly stolen, I guess, but you know, a lot of things are reused these days. Yeah, I mean, if it's not broke, right? <laughs> yeah, I think the progression system I initially came up with was a little quicker, it's just like one session to level, and then we all kind of sat down and agreed. I remember me, you, and gear duo like agreeing on the you know from one to two is one session from level two to three is two sessions level three to four is three you know so on and so forth and that same format repeats every five levels so like five to six is one six to two uh six to seven is two um and then also to help people i guess the players typically don't have time to like play all the time. The starting equipment, you know, letting them have a, some options, but generally having like a magic item or two, like that felt kind of good for the players initially. Yeah. So essentially, 
somebody hosts the game or we created a map room. So if somebody wanted to run a game, you essentially just kind of, you know, create a mission or put up like a wanted poster or some sort of storyboard. And um, that there was kind of some RP in that as well, right? It wasn't just... It's like, hey, we have a group ready, we're doing this. There was actually different rooms where you would go in and kind of type out the role play for specific areas like uh, the arms room or uh, the chapel or um, the library. Instances like that. Um, And you kind of form a party and then you talk to the DM and you know, as a group kind of set up when a time would be convenient for everybody to get together and play. Uh, you know, you also set up like, uh, set level ranges for the game since that's how ours was set up, you know, so you didn't have to just be a new character. You could continue on. That was the part of it as well as not only is the, we call it Dread Marches, but it's, you know, the West Marches is the original. Um, but not only can you do just like pickup games and join in, you know, whenever you had some free time, but there's also a progression to it to where, you know, you could continually leveling up one character. It's almost kind of like uh, the Hydraverse theme that we use in our homebrew world. Sort of. I suppose. Uh, It's been a little while. I don't remember specifically, I guess, but um, I feel like, you know, if you wanted to make the same character in a different leveled mission, it would be perfectly fine to go back and forth if that's something that you wanted to choose, maybe. Yeah, I think it would have been acceptable by all the DMs, Um, especially if it was you know, say some of the players were up to level six and there's a new person that wants to play, but, um, you know, they don't have a character there. Even like, yeah, just starting out there. It was yeah. Generally. All right. Yeah. So it's not like you had to be a part of that progression system. Like you didn't have to play so many games to be able to get into a game that's level requirement was higher than what you would normally start out at. You could just jump in. Um, let's see, moving on here. Um, well, how does scheduling and playtime work for us at least <laughs> kind of covered that a little bit. Oh, but... with, with, yeah. With when we started it. Yeah. Is that, the, yeah. Just the, I guess you kind of nailed it. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, who's in a party and how it's set up. <laughs> here's one that we Whoops. didn't is there a regular <laughs> plot you know um how's the story generated yeah. so the yeah, the initial plot is it's an unknown land and the hub is like the stronghold and then based on the dms like couple like i know for me the sessions i was building were all, pretty much all going to take place in the same hex and build off of each other with the tower, which I ended up taking, turning into a whole different story 
in Galabad, but um, my idea for the Galabad one I ran, you know, initially started in the Dread Marches with the tower. So like each, basically each session I was posting was going up levels in the tower. And like the first session was finding it. The second session was the first floor. And then the next session was going to be floors two and three. And that's where the Dread Marches for us, unfortunately, started to fizzle a little bit. I mean, I guess, unfortunately, I'd still love to do it. Oh, my dog is attacking me, but uh, <laughs> it also, you know, is Dread Marches really what inspired us to really bring our homebrew lore together. So, you know, yeah. still thankful for it, even if it fizzled out a bit. Yeah, I think it was, um, I mean, just from my point of view, uh, yeah, bark. <laughs> it seemed like, you know, there was a, a lot of people on board to play in the beginning, but I think it was probably mainly just because everybody had time off at that point. You COVID. Know, that, well, it was before COVID. It was just, yeah, it was like we, right we, had, it was we had started like right it was right along december so either people were um on christmas break from campus or you know just a slower time during the year for working and things like that um because it seemed like you know it wasn't too long after where it started to trickle downhill a little bit but um i mean the people that were available to keep going, um, you know, we all kind of stuck together and um, ended up basically playing in long-term campaigns. I think you uh, had already had your own with Ico and um, the previous groups that you, you typically play with. And then um, the Dread Marches was... Uh, also, the first time that I had actually DM'd, um, I made the Mammoth Ant. Uh, <laughs> the Mammoth Ooh. Ant uh, session based off of... That's right. Babic Noon! <laughs> <laughs> Champions of Norath. Uh, solid place. Yeah. Uh, if I if I could go back and look at that map that I made, I'd probably be like, oof, can't I don't know how you guys uh, made it through there or put up with it, <laughs> but uh, it was a good that was time. A, that was a good. That was a good session. I loved it. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, shortly after, I ended up uh, busting out a homebrew world, and um, I think me and Justin kind of sat down and started putting some things together about. Um, like the existence of the world, you know, what kind of populations you would see, uh, different biomes. And then it wasn't too long after I remember just, boom, here's Numestria, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I just remember, like, all of a sudden, you just had a whole continent. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to mess with Incarnate. You know, you made a couple of your maps for... Dread marches, and then it's like the next day. Oh, look what I made! Or look, yeah, look what we made. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, good times. And then, uh, yeah, 
Night Fury knows all about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yep. Arl's landing, all because of Night Fury. That was what, uh, maybe a few months into after you started your session, uh, or your, your first, like, long campaign, the, when I started talking with, I mean, Ico started talking about, you know, like, what, you know, like, our actual universe name and stuff like that with, like, Galabad, and then we are talking about how it would be cool to have another continent, you know, we could make one, and then I was like, well, hey, let me talk to Spio, <laughs> let me talk to my brother, you know, it's... What do you think about uh, putting these, the, you know, putting our worlds together, you know, combining efforts? Yeah. I think it turned out well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Because now we're here. Yeah, I kind of had my uh, world going and um, Justin really opened up uh the Merkmire with the Bogfin Sink. Uh basically this My my favorite part of the continent, by the way. This epic sort of dark city that yeah. I think that's I feel like it's just one of those themes that everybody wants to play. Uh yeah. It has all the cool stuff in it, you know. Werewolves, vampires, bog monsters. Swamp creatures, <laughs> swamp thing, yeah. uh, Bob the Blob. I mean, Bob the Blob. Yeah, it's don't forget creepy. about uh, don't forget about the McGillicuddies and the McGillicuddies, the pipe slitters. Gonna get you. <laughs> yeah, yep. disease. This uh, <laughs> uncurable disease. Yeah. It's just got one of those themes, one of those atmospheres, and you can you can put all of those like sort of dark, uh, scary, or even like investigative type games. Uh, it is really like a a one stop shop for so many different themes, and I know a lot of people like that. So, um, but yeah, so we put the put our worlds together um, and you know, we still have one shots here and there, but, uh, or I call them one shots, but they're more like mini series. <laughs> it's hard to yeah, get a game into one but, session unless you play for like yeah. six hours or so. I feel like, right. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, also, I mean, depends on how, you know, I guess it's the mindset of all the players total and then like how much will be railroaded, you know? Yeah. Cause if everyone's there about the one shot, then typically the characters should kind of follow that path. <laughs> that's already been set before them, but it doesn't always happen. You know, night fury says one shots but, turn into two session campaigns super easily. Yeah. Or six. Yeah. How many <laughs> how many one shots have I tried to run and they just never end in one episode or even um, continue because I know Night Fury can attest to being 
and at least two of them because the just the two up top off of my head are uh, the Frostforge and uh, the latest uh, game that we had in the Zakir Desert, which um, we didn't. Did we even go back to that one? Mm -mm. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, that was where Bob the Blob initially well, came from. Well, you know, those were set up to be <laughs> one shots, but yeah, <laughs> they like it wasn't even close to being done. City. <laughs> which was perfectly fine because I thought the Zakir yeah. game. I had a lot of fun with that. I don't know what it is. I think it was probably just the theme of being like. Uh, at a Tatooine spaceport where somebody just gets like stabbed in an alley in the open, <laughs> causing chaos in the city. That's right. Yeah, I had a blast. That was with that the game. scorpion chase scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Being chased by a giant sandworm and Knowles from the Knoll crime family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm. I can't wait to fully dive into that story. Uh, we got off topic, slightly, okay. <laughs> <laughs> slightly because I accidentally like answered the first four or five questions. Oh yeah, just no ranting worries. in the beginning. So, okay, uh, let's shift gears here. Um, <laughs> so we talked about like, is there a regular plot? Um, not really. There's kind of a home base that's typically uh, what you do with the West Marches, or in our case, the Dread Marches. Um, so the idea is to, you know, choose this task or quest or mission, um, go out and do it, and by the end of the session, you want to have returned back to town. Um, and typically... Before the session ends, when you get back to town, that that there gives people the option for some downtime activities. Um, Evan, you have some downtime activities on the top of your head? Yeah, there's always, I mean, one of my favorites, uh, you know, is role-playing, turning the contract back in or the mission in to, you know, or... Uh, I mean, we did a lot of it via text, but um, still, those things can also be just role played in the, you know, in like here, you know what I mean? But uh, role playing amongst each other. Uh, if you're, say, like the way we had it set up, even to like nullify money, because money doesn't really work in a new land when you don't have that land's money, most likely or that's, you know, currency, we did the guild point system. So it was like, well, uh, what do we do? Like 10, 10 VP was equivalent to one. Yeah. Some sort 10 of conversion. gold was equivalent to one guild point kind of a thing. But, uh, so people could still, you know, all role play, like buying items, just the shops, um, you know, and then some people even like role played, you know, writing down, documenting, like a, keeping like a journal and storing it in the, the tower, like the library, the mage's tower. Yeah. And I think we had a few paladins that would role play 
in the uh, uh, church and stuff. I think Definitely in the very beginning, uh, stuff to do. Smotty was being like the cartographer and updating the map when new areas yeah. were being explored. Was I guess typically you know you can start off with like this empty map with just like your home base in the middle, and then as you kind of like or anywhere, and then as you kind of explore out, you reveal the areas that are being explored, so you know players can either return or they know what's there. It was BK that was role-playing that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Night Fury. Time you, uh, time to use your tool proficiencies. You feel like you never get to do that kind of stuff, um, like smithing or weapon or experimenting with potions. Yeah. Um, that is the perk to long-form campaigns, in my opinion. Um. Because typically in the one shots and the mini series stuff, there's like a just like a straight from the get go driven narrative, and so it's kind of hard to. You can sometimes get off topic, but then when you're looking at a long form campaign that's, you know, six months plus, you know, you have that time to adventure and seek out those those things. I think, though, um, like when you get back to town and that is time to do some downtime stuff, you could mm -hmm. definitely role play. You oh, could for make sure. A, yeah. Like, um, and I mean, that would make it an historically RP. our sessions. Right, right. Our one shots yeah. barely make it back to town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our sessions never did that. Uh, I guess, yeah, if the sessions yeah, were a little bit correct. longer. But, um,. You know, if the games were made to allot time for when the players got back um, to have that sort of downtime, uh, that would definitely be a good idea, you know? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, yeah, you get your currency, and you could just, like, look at your items and stuff for next session, or talk to whoever's running the game and be like, hey, I've made this amount of money, um, I would like to purchase this item with the magic shop, but um, you could also, before the game ends, or before the next game, um, RP going to the shop, you know? Yeah. Just so if you have I mean, recurring players, be like, hey, uh, you remember that I stopped by and uh, went to the blacksmith and had them start working on that weapon then by the next session, you know, you can reveal to characters if you're playing to the same characters or even if you're not, be like, hey, I just got this made and you whip out this cool badass magic right. sword that you got or had built or built yourself maybe. Um That was that's something a good like in the tower campaign, I tried to do that at the beginning and end of Granted, it wasn't one shot. So it was a short campaign, but it was about yeah. it, was almost, it was around six months. But uh, I tried to start every session and end every session with like, what you know, what's your guys' plan? You know, like, what are you doing? Like, uh, like you created your dojo with that time, you know, over and um, Gear Duo's character Rourke and uh, Burn ended up 
getting like his bow crafted multiple times from Rorik, Girdo's character, throughout that whole time, like during the downtime. Yeah. So. And I think that's um, definitely what you know we're f- referring to. You know, just allotting yeah. that a little bit of time before the players dive into the session, or you know, if there's time at the end. It almost makes sense though to try to do that before you leave. You know, if you're really yeah, exactly. If you're really driving to be able to get those moments down for the players, you know, if that's something that they're seeking, that would be probably a better option to try to do that first before they leave, and then instead of uh, trying to rush it at the end, you know, so that way you can mm-hmm. get in that meaningful uh, sort of role play experience instead of trying to be like, Dude. all right, guys. You know, we're five minutes past. We need to get off here. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. You went to the shop. All right, get out. <laughs> All right. Um, I do have something. Uh, do okay. you have uh, the talking points up? Yes. So Justin and I did this last time. Um... I was wanting to do the one with the three heroes, but um, Ico and Orgear isn't on tonight, so we'll just do the ones that we did before. But, I mean, you and I are different, so it'll come out different. Uh, But if you scroll all the way to page five, you should see random RP scenario, and then... It's a dialogue between friend one and friend two. One's Steelbane and one is Grimshaw. Okay. Um, so what we did is we chose and used a different voice for each line that we did. But <laughs> um, if you would like to uh, use the same one <clears throat> Actually, let's do the heroes one through three. So just scroll up and go to the previous scenario. Okay. Um, would you like to be two of them, or would you like one? Um... <laughs> And we can kind of just use the same voice instead of mixing it up since you're, there will all already be two. But I'll let you choose if you want to do uh, one or two of them. Right, yeah, so... Dun, dun, dun. It's kind of want to... There's like back story information I want to know based... Cause there's two kinds of rogues, you know. There's the rogue from the Bronx, and then there's the, <laughs> you know, the I mean the pompous, the pompous rogue, and it's got the cravat, you know, and the the wrist blade. The script is Anyways. made by Chat GPT, just okay. <laughs> uh, for a heads up out there. So uh, it'll probably sort of repeat itself in different ways. Um. So what say you? I'll take uh, 
take the warrior and the rogue, I guess. All right, you're going to do two, huh? Okay. I'll try. <clears throat> All right, so I am the mage. Me, 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 me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this is way up there. I was on the... I was way lower. Okay. So, improv... Hero stand atop a cliff overlooking a vast mystical forest. Oh, Their yeah. eyes are fixed on a distant tower shrouded in darkness and mystery. I'll uh I'll read the rest of the narrations since Okay. Uh, All right. Help you, you got your your Morgan Freeman voice ready for a narrator. <laughs> <laughs> that is a voice I need to learn how to do. Yeah. That would be epic. All right. Um, do I have to like say who he is or just go, we just do the lines. Um, you, yeah, you can just say the say warrior. warrior. Yeah. You can just say the warrior. It's fine. Just so people, nobody okay. is confused. Nobody is confused. All right. <laughs> the warrior. Behold my comrades. The tower of shadows looms before us, harboring secrets untold. Let our valor and blades pierce the heart of this darkness. Indeed, uh, my uh, with my arcane knowledge and power, I shall unravel the enchantments that guard this tower, revealing its hidden truths. The rogue. And I, with my stealth and cunning, shall infiltrate the, the defenses and find the path that leads us to victory. <laughs> Together we shall conquer. They descend the cliff and enter the mystical forest. Its ancient trees whispering secrets of forgotten lore. They alert my companions. The forest is alive with unknown dangers. Our senses must be keen for treachery lurks beneath these ancient bows. <laughs> Fear not, uh, for I shall summon the elementals to shield us from harm. As I raise my hands, uh, winds wrap us in your embrace. As a protective gust of wind surrounds the heroes. Shadows are my ally, and silence my cloak. I shall scout ahead and ensure our path remains clear. <laughs> Trust in my expertise, and we shall prevail. They navigate through the mystical forest, encountering mystical creatures and overcoming trials of skill and wit. Our metal is tested, yet our resolve remains unshaken. Onward, my comrades! The tower's secrets await our discovery. Arcane energies reveal the hidden path. A magical light illuminates a concealed trail leading towards the tower. Whispering. We draw close, but caution <laughs> remains our ally. The tower's guardians shall not fall too easily. Be ready for anything. They reach the entrance of the Tower of Shadows, a foreboding structure 
emanating an aura of dark power. This is where we make our stand, my friends. Within these walls, evil festers, but it shall find no refuge from our blades. By the ancient incantations, I banish the shadows that veil our path. A radiant light dispels the darkness, revealing the tower's interior. Unsheathed daggers. Let our agility be our strength, our wits our shield. No trap guardian shall hinder our advance. Stay close and follow my lead. They advance through the tower, encountering twisted corridors, magical wards, and malevolent creatures. The tower quakes beneath our assault. Press on, my comrades. We are the light that banishes this darkness. Arcane energies, let me your might unleash your wrath upon our foes. A surge of magical energy blasts through the enemies, clearing their path. Swiftly moving. <laughs> Shadows. Oh, what's that? Shadows writhe my wake, guiding our steps. Together we shall overcome every obstacle that stands in our way. Uh, they reach the tower's pinnacle, yeah. where a powerful sorcerer awaits them, surrounded by a swirling vortex of dark magic. Sorcerer, your reign ends here. We are the champions of light, and your darkness shall be vanquished. As I raise my staff, by the ancient spells and the wisdom of the ages, I shatter your enchantments. And a dazzling burst of light disrupts the sorcerer's magic. The rogue leaps into action. This is our moment of our triumph. Your uh, malevolence crumbles before us. Together, the heroes engage in an epic battle with the sorcerer, combining their skills and strengths to overcome his dark powers. United we stand, and united we conquer. Our collective will extinguish your darkness. Shadows fade in the face of our relentless light. <laughs> they defeat the sorcerer, freeing the tower from his clutches. They stand triumphant, their mission accomplished. The Tower of Shadows is cleansed, its darkness banished. Our valor and unity have prevailed. Let this be a testament to the power of hope and courage. For where there is light, darkness cannot endure. Our alliance remains unbreakable, forged through trials and battles. Together, we are unstoppable. They gaze upon the tower, its once ominous presence now radiating with newfound light. 
The heroes depart, knowing that their bond will forever guide them in their future adventures. And scene to <laughs> took them down. Got him. All right. Next scene. Night Fury, I feel like this is something that we need to get you in on. One sec. I'm putting the dog outside my door. All right. All right. Not going to lie. I have fun doing this. I feel like, uh, you know, changes things up. <laughs> you guys are dorks. Yeah. The GPT stuff is so bad, <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> yes. It's marvelous. <laughs> I think that's why it's so fun, because we also yeah. know that it's so bad. <laughs> But it's fun to do voices and stuff too, just to practice and have a good time. Yeah. You gotta keep that voice ready mm -hmm. for when I have to roleplay Maximilian Pegasus. Yeah. Mm. Yugi boy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You've activated my trap card. <laughs> uh. Oh boy. Okay. Let me switch something here. All right. I didn't even realize these scenes were down here. It's cool. Yeah, I threw them on at some point. All right. So we know the West Marches is really beneficial for those who are unable um, due to many different circumstances to be able to commit to a long-term game. So it's really great for that, you know, for like pickup games or, you know, just to jump in and see if there's any games going on that you can get in on when you can. Um, but can it turn into something more? Thanks for the follow, Spaz. I say can. I know it can turn into something more. Has it turned into something more for you, Edna? It sure has. <laughs> um, you know, I made my like hobby more than just a hobby. Um, I mean, one, like I get to play like, you know, D&D &D with like my brother and my friends, you know, so. Guys. Yeah. Like I was playing, uh, you know, D&D &D for years and uh, it's just crazy that it took until we were in our thirties to even <laughs> like try playing together. Yeah. So. I mean, I remember you, uh, more for me. I remember you inviting me a couple of times to go play, but I think I think there was one point where I did actually like look through a book and was like trying to build a character 
for some reason you could be, or I think I was making like an Illithid character, because I'm pretty sure there was like some sort of race that you could play. I don't know if that was like in an older edition or maybe it was like some sort of vampire or something, but um, I do remember looking and like building a character, but I didn't understand the rules and like anything or how to play. And it was just kind of intimidating. So I was just like, yeah, I don't want to show up and not know how to play and be asking a million questions and looking like an idiot, basically, I think. So we all started right. But, you know, yeah, that's yeah, just that was just my thoughts. So I was always kind of deterred from it. But I always did want to play. I just um, never uh, stepped forward and did it. Yeah, for sure. Everyone needs help sometimes. But that is correct. Now that I've been playing a while, you know, I have no issue with um, helping people try to learn how um, in any sort of game, whether it's long term or short term. Um, I'm always open to having new players. Uh, it was the way I see it, you know, I say this a lot just to kind of throw it out there. So we're all on the same page here is that I don't know all the rules. So <laughs> I'm also yeah. still learning. Um, I know just enough to kind of keep a game rolling along is how I see right. it. Um, Sometimes he's got to wing it anyways. Yep. Sometimes and then it feels better to bend the rule. Um, also, it doesn't hurt to, you know, trust that your DM will show you the way and, you know, make things easy for you. Um, and that's kind of how I see it whenever I get new players, you know, because there is a lot to it. There's a lot of different roles. There's a lot of different stats. Um but, you know, you just break it down into the simplistic things like, oh, well, what are you trying to do? Oh, you're trying to do this? Okay, well, uh, we'll roll that for this. and Or for combat, you know, there's a lot of different aspects, but it can be a smooth transition. And that's the kind of space that we provide for people. Um, it doesn't matter if you've been playing for 20 years or if you've are just wanting to jump in we're more than happy to play with any and all experience levels did we just go off on another tangent um kinda <laughs> we're talking about if it can be something more than we talked about uh, I said you know it became something more because you know, just one, like, you know, actually finally like playing with you. And then you know, we've created this, the mortal woes, um, all stemming from the dread marches. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, our dread marches, it's still in our discord. <laughs> uh, it's we could there. definitely, it's uh, available. start it up. I would say, you know, we could start it up, but we kind of are, but in a different way which is with um, the with XLG, the gaming network. Um, we'll be having our first game June 7th. So stay tuned for more info on that. But uh, that is the game style planned. 
for that event to where people can just kind of jump in and, you know, there's no hard dedications for anything. Staying tuned, yeah. Staying tuned. <laughs> All right. Okay, sorry, I was looking for something. So yeah, can this be something more? Absolutely. Um, like I was saying earlier, you know, we had a pretty large group, people throwing down games, like creating maps, creating uh, different missions. Um, and then, you know, people, we slowly stopped uh, making as much or having sessions, but, um, you know, we did have a decent amount of people that wanted to keep playing and, you know, were able to commit that time for something and everybody was pretty much on the same page as far as getting a long-term game going. Um, and that's when the group that I played with, you know, that's when we started playing and that game went on for about two years or so, I want to say. Um, I believe there was the Amethyst Dream that kind of jumped in there as like a, a little break, but it was still a weekly game and still part of the world, and it transitioned into kind of where we had left off in the first part. Um, Amethyst Dream was sweet. Yeah, I really like the concept of it. Um I'd like to return to it at some point. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I really didn't get to uh, highlight on. And I think that it's a pretty cool theme anyways to revisit. Um, it reminds me of... Uh, maybe not specifically uh, the Omega arc, but it's almost like... <clears throat> It is kind of related to, I guess, like the Hydroverse system in a way. Being like, mm -hmm. but instead of different universes, this is different saved universes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's really vague and <laughs> not as related, but uh, in my mind, I guess it is. I mean, for one of my ideas of actually connecting our continents was I think we talked about before but I've talked about with Ico like a, a campaign or adventure you know just write it in and then it can be played through later but uh, the an adventure restoring the world tree to Galabad which you know connects this lost network between the world trees essentially and then the you know druids can like travel via amethyst dream to the other you know out to the other world tree essentially and those like those pool like the portal network that's inside of the one in the veil yeah and i think that'd be a pretty sick concept but in lieu of i really liked Ico's idea of the 
Sentinels tired of getting wrecked in Galabad, <laughs> so they just take their airships across the planet and find a new new world and start start their Elven extermination campaign version two. <laughs> uh, I mean, be I think people are funny. ready for an airship game, right? I feel like that's one of those uh, themes where that a lot of people uh, so we want like to experience at least once. You guys always have oh, airships. The Sentinels, the bad guys, always had them. We always had to fight them and like some, try and get on board them and stuff. We have had some uh, ab kind of abused uh, powers, though, like turning. Uh, like, have you ever heard of when we say the kettage? We had a carriage that eventually was able to fly. And what's the spell? Uh, there's a spell where you can create like a how. Like, it's like you go into it and it's like a fortress inside. It's like a mansion, you know, or however you create it. The tiny hut. Tiny hut. Or is it the stronger one? Either one, but that was used on the inside of the carriage. So when you went inside the carriage, it was like our, our base, our mansion. And it was also our flying carriage that we took places. Uh, so. There is another spell. It it's not, it's not the tiny hut, but I know, I know, I know, I know what you're yeah. talking about too. It's got a strange name that I can't think of, but uh, I know rocks, uh, a player that was in one of Justin's games um, and somebody who's been kind of, collaborating a little bit with me um, bringing up cool ideas on different elements of the Zakir desert um, he was talking about that I think he has a, a goal to become really high level and put a bunch of those mansions underneath um, the sand seas that we're making currently um yeah, so we never act like people don't under, really understand, like know the engineering behind the airships and stuff just yet, kind of thing. And like even over there, Warforged only belong to the Sentinels too. So any player, any like normal, like regular Warforged would end up being like some kind of uh, Warforged that somehow got free or like circuitry was wrong, and so it was able to not be used as a death machine <laughs> but uh is that who the sentinels yeah. are are they warforged no they are a the a human or they uh human supremacist group uh yeah so if you're not human they basically want to kill you and you're trash ah. got you so they're nazis yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, they are Nazis. Yeah, they quite well, literally wiped out all the elves on Galabad except for like two of them, and almost did the same to halflings, goblins. Jeez. Well, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, make the game where you are the Sentinels with the airships flying <laughs> over, and make that a campaign. But now that you told me that they're yeah. the Nazi group. Uh, I don't think I'd probably <laughs> want to role play being a Nazi, but yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's just a pretty easy, uh, you know, big bad guy. Or uh, and because we wiped them out, 
they have like their fallback defenses and can't find them because of their airships. So it's also a good tool for like occasional side quest, you know. Oh, look what the look what the sentinels are plotting, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but at least that's kind of how it's been used lately. Yeah, I think it'd be a cool idea to either have um, an airship campaign or at least um, some sort of like uh, not one shot, but you know what I mean, like a smaller session game just getting across or you know, locating the next continent or using the theme that you're talking about using the trees. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh where your where Galabad's tree was is up in the Boreal Continent. Okay, so I can explain that. Okay. The original tree was actually in the Sacred Wastes. Um the northeast and it was more underground in like a sanctuary-esque cave um and we kind of burned the trunk away and our attempt to restore the tree became it is like sproutling in the boreal continent but it is also um just a it's not it's deformed and like spawns demons and it didn't it didn't work out there was some shenanigans that happened so that's what that is up in the the boreal continent (laughs) don't go there don't go there (laughs) it's icy death and like abominations so i mean so there is no there's no real world tree yet that sounds like uh that sounds like a great horror campaign. Just traveling through the sacred wastes, I think, is a great horror campaign because that the sacred waste is like is considered the like what was left in the aftermath of like the you know previous Galabad and just things from beyond, things that didn't make it to safety but somehow lived and are you know can uh those uh, kind of things <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that does sound like a fun horror game well uh what do you have any thoughts or ideas on it, how do you how, think uh, how do you think a world tree would be established i think probably some you know, idea or mission, well, comes up to like restore the Feywilds in the north because now they're just like it's filled with like banshees and undead elves and stuff like that. And you know, to restore it, and maybe finding the rumors of this part of the OG tree or pres- this, which is like a preserved seed essentially, and then. That could lead on to missions that require like blessings from all the lands and um, all the different groups and building this casing that it would need to be buried in. And then, you know, like the Archdruids 
sanctifying the bearing of the planting of the seed and then you know it's magic magic deity level event and it's just burst forth you know hey we're back in action um what would you think about if it if there wasn't another tree established and there was somehow some way a druid from one of the continents uh, somehow made it to a different one and created their own druidic circle and were able to port back and forth. Yeah. Suppose that would work as long as they know, you know where they're going. You know. <laughs> well, so. I'm, I just kind of, I'm thinking of a uh, Maybe not necessarily world trees, but um, watching uh, the Vox Machina anime. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've watched it on I've, Amazon. Yeah, but, I've, I've actually finished it recently. Um, there's multiple times where I don't know what Druid spell it is, but you know, Keyless was able to like travel between these different trees that created doors essentially yeah that was kind so, of the idea of using the emerald the amethyst dream gotcha. as of that um that concept well if there's no world tree i wonder if there is a place that's just tied to some sort of spiritual energy that's strong enough to be able to reach spawn yourself not that, that i not that i'm like <laughs> trying to uh keep no, a I world tree you. from spawning in or you know being created in galabad again but um i'm just trying to think of you know what would it take to create a world tree you know <laughs> like is it just like just like growing a plant but with a little extra magical powder or is so. it something that's the seed like seed of a world tree? Is it something that's like a seed provided by a deity? You know, true. Hmm. That's why I was thinking that there is a seed where the old tree used to be. Ah, okay. Yeah, beneath the ashes, you know, of the burnt down trunk inside the cave uh, where they went where they burned it from the bottom up uh, where we burned it from the bottom up or somebody but, uh, somebody has it <laughs> yeah that's like locked away somebody. Mm-hmm. waiting for somebody to find or maybe some uh, faction is holding it hostage because they don't trust anybody with it you know there hasn't been, uh, I mean, honestly, there hasn't really been too many Druid-esque styled campaigns that I've ever been a part of in Galabad either. We have a, yeah, I can think of one actually. I think about it. Did have another kind of tree in the uh, Merkmire. In the Gloomwood, that mm-hmm. was uh, sort of destroyed. Um, 
whenever you guys went into the Amethyst Dream. But, you know, it was destroyed in the dream, not necessarily in the world itself, the physical realm. But um, I believe that's kind of why I have it in the Gloomwood and not like full of life. I have the depiction as like this dead tree. Like it's it's still there and it's massive, you know, just like any other, other world tree, but it's uh just like dead and rotting essentially. Right. So, you know, it it can't live without its sort of spiritual self. Hmm. Maybe there could be a chain reaction of a world tree being created in the dream that sprouts the world tree in Galabad. And then the players come out and like, where are we? Yeah. You said there's a that's seed That's a whole other adventure. Yeah, you said yeah. there's a seed left. Um, maybe that's what needs to be done. Like the the spirit of the tree has to be restored within the dream for it to be able to grow again in the physical world. You guys see that face? That was called uh, the gears turning, I think. (laughs) (laughs) My gears slowly turn a little bit. There's usually a lot of cobwebs and like a stig will fall between the cogs and um, like the... (laughs) Opening the wallet. I think I talked about this. I mean, I made this analogy like the other day. Opening the wallet, and, like the flies fly out. That's my brain a lot of the times. Yep. Yes. Spider webs. I have to like take a stick and kind of like swirl it around a little bit, clean it out. Get the Swiffer duster. Mm-hmm. Little vacuum. <clears throat> All right. Remember well, that, uh... we have like strayed very far off from West Marches, but I mean, I think it's fine. Whatever flows here. Yeah. What were you about to say? I remember I was gonna. Pl- I was working on planning. I don't remember what happened or why. I just never, never happened. I was planning that uh, work campaign, and uh, some people actually finish their characters for it and everything else. I don't remember what happened at all. You remember, you remember that? that? that I, I know you, it was after the tower. It was going to be my next campaign to just like go into a new one. And I was going to take a couple months to like plan it and stuff. Or you even finished your character for it. I think so did uh, T-Bam. What did we, did we well, I'm, I'm guessing we played Yinsu. Or you created the uh, halfling mission, probably. Well, yeah, we went on a spree creating Yinsu, I believe, but <laughs> it took us a few months. Um, even still. Yeah, I'm not sure. I remember it. That'd still be a fun idea. Warring work clans, you know. Yeah, I, th- I don't. Uh, Night Fury uh, says there's always a later point of inspiration that you can answer 
the other questions. No rush to cover everything. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to do like a continuation because um, I'm curious to uh, hear your duo's thoughts on, um, you know, what the world's going to be like for this new event that we're running. Um, yeah. I know the art style has been really cool. I've been digging that. I believe you guys made some characters together. Um, having some fun in mid-journey, making some art. Um, I know Gear's been working on a lot of the like character sheet art and stuff too. Um, but I'm excited to see, yep, two weeks uh, on the 7th. So, yep, yep. A little less than two weeks. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, what the world map we're going to be using. And I'm curious to uh, get some information to know what kind of world it is. I know it's kind of like a, it seems like like a 90s sort of JRPG sort of feel to it. Um, but I'm kind of excited to know, like, you know, what kind of the theme the world's going to be. I imagine like running through one of the Final Fantasy games or something, or maybe Zelda, or um, I just imagine like I see the game the way that we've been creating the art. So we've been using the Niji yeah. filter on Mid Journey. So yeah, all of the grass and the trees, I imagine in like these sort of. Uh, slightly exaggerated hues of like teal and like blue and stuff like that. I think I've made a few maps as well already just to play around, but um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to hear him elaborate a little bit. It'll be exciting. I think we should probably do that next week. Kind of go over the world a little bit and um, some That'd of the players, sweet. some of the people participating can kind of jump in and we can uh, give them a little in-depth description of uh, kind of what to expect and what the game's going to be about. It'll be fun. Sneak peeks. Mm -hmm. Sneak peeks. Yeah, because I want to. I want to see it too. I want to. Night Fury getting all those peeks. Rolling the dice. I want to see that. On it be built from scratch, you know, from the players essentially, almost. Yeah. Obviously, the work behind the sessions, they, you know, what they pick to play, but you know what I mean? Like, it's going to develop as they play, which will be cool. It'll be very cool. Cool. All right. Um, let's see. We are little bit over an hour in here um does anybody have any questions feel free to post them in chat and we'll try to do our best um i have a question what's that question for you uh-oh um i'm in trouble see you guys <laughs> So I'm sure you've thought about it, you know, brainstormed some, 
probably I, I know you mentioned like you don't have any like big concepts yet but have you you know given any more thought on like your or ideas or different ideas that you have for your next uh, long campaign um, what that might entail that has been sort of postponed um, I was initially thinking of what I wanted to do next but um, after we just completed this Wednesday's game feel free to go check that out on our YouTube on our YouTubes as old people would say yes on the YouTubes um, fun session super fun we had Etma we had Gear Duo we had Life uh, a game of five candles a variation of ten candles um, it was a good time for sure we got raided uh, we hit our affiliate mark good time thank you XLG appreciate the raid Zero <laughs> thanks for looking out and everybody else um, as far as what I want to do so for my next long term campaign my original thoughts were either either um, a sort of desert game was I really wanting to adventure in Zakir um, mainly because I had so much fun playing that one shot with you guys um, you know I, I was kind of joking like yeah we we spent the whole session in the city we didn't even leave to go do the mission but had a great time like you guys were running around it was chaotic and that's the way it I feel like it should have felt that's the way I wanted it to feel it's supposed to be like this crazy dangerous spaceport basically but without the space because that's how it's themed you know it's uh, you basically in Tatooine in my mind so you're in this sort of lawless uh, wild west of an area where um, you have different crime families there's the Knolls, um, if I remember correctly without seeing my notes. Uh, the Goldfangs is what they're called. Um, Goldfangs. The main people that run uh, Zakir are Yanti Abominations, so like these large snake people. Um, which is funny enough that I didn't really think of in the beginning, but, you know... I guess they would be like skinnier versions of Jabba. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it's not necessarily like a horde of like these. Okay, so Yanti abominations are actually more snake like than just a regular Yanti. Those right. are Yanti purebloods are more humanoid. The Yanti abominations are like these giant snakes, essentially. Um, there's only like a few of those. And they're like kind of behind the scenes run things, at least I have in my mind. And, you know, the purebloods would be more of like the foot soldiers. Um, Night Fury says, playing in Zakir would definitely be fun. Yes, the gold things. Yes. So Night Fury remembers good. Um, so, yeah, the gold things are like the number twos. 
right? They're, they're second place. They're always trying to make moves, you know, to, to take that seat, but you know, they're not quite, they don't have like the coordination to be able to pull it off just yet. Something's, something's not quite there, but they are another one of the competing crime families, um, in Zakir. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not really, um, you know, they don't follow like the same laws as it would be if you went to like the Farrell's Valley or the Elden Vale or, or even Bogfin Sink. Um, that is a very crime heavy city, but they are very like bureaucratic or aristocratic about it. Um, they still have laws and, but people just like hold all the power to be able to control everything. Whereas in Zakir, you know, it's more about who, uh, who has like the bigger force the yeah, whoever has the most influence. Right. So, you know, laws are about, you know, squaring things up. You steal from somebody, they just kill you. Or they chop something off and you learn your lesson that way. Or, you know, you steal from the wrong person and you're never found again. Or mm, found in an alley. the wrong guy. Um, I, in our session, uh, I believe there was an old guy in the alley that a couple of kids just walked by and shanked and went about their business and dude fell over and bled out or he may have been stabilized by Riki. But yeah, some old dude, wrong place at the wrong time, you know, <laughs> that's what happens in the Zakir. Uh, like Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> it's the wrong place, the wrong time. That's not Detroit, but it's a fun accent to use. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just the vibe of the city. Um, a bunch of bars, a bunch of like sort of back alley games going on. Gambling. Um, you know, anything kind of goes and and, you know, the rules are sort of based off of either respect or payment or that sort of thing. You know, nobody's going to come and be like, hey, you broke such and such statute. We're no here under arrest. guards <laughs> coming after you. Hey, halt. <laughs> Pay the fire. Go to jail. Your choice. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, the gold fang senses were gods. Yeah, <laughs> since it's regards. Uh, these the these knolls from uh, the Bronx, <laughs> from Jersey, Maybe. Jersey, Jersey. Yeah, uh, gold fang since <laughs> they were gods. Oh, yippee long paw. He sends his regards. I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Forget about. <laughs> Speak. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna go off topic. I played, hey, a, yo, I played a couple characters now with like 
Jersey accents. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why. It's just a fun one. <laughs> I played the Goblin Assassin, uh, Slip Pipes. He had the more raspy version. And then I played uh, Newt Happy Feet, who's a rogue soul knife, a part of the Blackfoot crime family. <laughs> and uh, And then... I've always thought it'd be hilarious to play a caster, some caster that's, you know, from Jersey. And mm -hmm. like when he's like, use gust or like, or tries <laughs> to push people with his magic. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> but, uh, like a bada bing, bada great. boom. And I blasted yeah. him with a fireball. Yeah, exactly. Blew him to smithereens. I, I thought that'd be just very fun to play. You should see the other guy, right? Mm. He's still smoking like a cooked sausage over there. I just come up with a list of like <laughs> comebacks or you know uh, yeah. stuff like that, and you could be a bard. That'd be your whole list of yeah, different mockeries. Just mockery. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But. And then it also allows you to come up with sweet, fun crime names. Like uh, Sumi played Johnny Two Pizzas before. Johnny Two Pizzas. <laughs> Why Two Pizzas? I don't I don't remember, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> it's like killed a guy. Two pizzas. Yeah. Never got, forget about I it. I pizza, and now I got two pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But, uh... <laughs> Anyways. I feel like I want another story. What are, uh... <laughs> yeah, I need to... I need to ask again, but... Uh... Any other... Ideas? Um... What you... What you brainstormed about that? Well, I was also thinking of... A more futuristic sort of sci-fi theme um, something maybe like I don't know cyberpunk meets the matrix even though I've never played cyberpunk or don't know anything about it but I guess the theme not the game yeah no for sure um, shadow run this is gonna sound weird but I guess cyberpunk, but without all of the, like the sci-fi weapons, I guess. Maybe more like gadget-based. Yeah. Like, uh... like it's just getting into the era where all of that stuff's being created. So maybe by like the end of the game, the campaign, you know, people start unlocking like cool laser guns or whatever. But I don't know. That's def if that interests you, you for sh you for sure should look over Shadowrun. Give it a little read through. Mm. I think you'd uh, I think you'd like that. It's definitely, uh, it's, you know, I think we talked about it before, but it's definitely like a more based technically in like a uh, in, in America, but you could always make it any continent you wanted, and yeah. Just to use the the rules and like the stuff like that. Some you can people have like cybernetic body parts if you want when you're in your character creation. 
and then a lot of the classes are technical a lot of the races are technically uh just the easiest way to say it like it's deformed versions of humans at some point um so pretty cool pretty cool i've also thought about um <clears throat> well i mean just tonight bringing up the end of the stream again i think that would be fun to play and maybe do a little bit better um kind of maybe build um yeah just build it a little bit better i i feel like uh it didn't exactly go how i wanted to so i feel like um i could theme it a little bit better and maybe uh the art changing up the art a bit just visually I kind of have different ideas about how I would have it go next time. Um, but if that would was something the same prequel or would it be, no, more of like it would be present day. New, it, it would new... be present and it would be, you know, towards the, the goal of joining the continents in some way. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Um, and then also, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, the whole airships idea sounds mm -hmm. fun. Um, like I, I feel like running like an airships and like steampunk game would be really fun. I just don't know um, if I could make it the way I would want it. You know what I mean? Like I can envision it like this cool place where, you know, people yeah. are flying in these airships and having these battles and having like this whole campaign sort of based around like this sort of like steampunk clockwork sort of theme. But I don't know, like if I have enough, uh, like knowledge or to be able to, I guess not describe, but portray and make the world the way I envision it to the players to make the game as good as I would want it to be for them. As I imagine it, I guess right, it's really hard to explain, you want, but <laughs> you want them to feel like want it to be as good for them as you see it in your brain. Right. The, yeah. the pictures that you envision yeah yeah i feel I, that a, a big issue is like airship battles right not that there has to be a bunch yeah. of those you know It'd but just like epic though for sure yeah but like just transportation on them as well um mm -hmm. it's kind of its own thing too which with the tile thing with the uh tile feature in gtt you know you can make it look like you're flying through the air so i'm sure sure i could set up like a cool scene for sure yeah uh, be scooby-doo in the travel screens the travel screen but uh <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great um, when people are done looking at the screen they're gonna like look up and their wall's gonna be going past but um but yeah essentially that's that's my concern is not being able to make the game as cool as I'm envisioning it. Um, 
and I guess it's partially because I've, you know, haven't had to do any like flying or even a even sailing, you know. That could be something to explore too. I haven't really had any like it sailing adventures. It is tough. Like cuz when I had you guys sail, you know, in, in theory 3 months worth of sailing is I mean, initially there was supposed to be a brand new player in there that didn't wasn't able to make it or ended up backing out. So I had planned during that sailing utilizing, you know, the, basically a tutorial for the player. Mm. But all of you would be kind of a part of it, you know, the train you you know, you as their squad leader and I would kind of like open up to, you know, like how you're gonna train them, you know, get them ready on the boat. You know, and I had like dummies set up for them to do target practice, practice attacking. You know, so that way the new the people, one the new player and the people new to VTT would be able to go through all the controls. Yeah. So I had that, and I anticipated that taking up some time, and ended up not taking up any time <laughs> because that person wasn't there. But uh, just yeah, coming up with other ways to pass time. Cause you don't, I feel like you can high speed travel, you know, three months, but at the same time you need to make it feel like they did it it's somewhat. And that's where I came up with the, the Kraken battle that you guys did. Yeah. So that would be the issue for me is like, you can, you can get that battle in for sure. But mm -hmm. what do you do the rest of the time? Exactly. Right. Like, how many sea battles are there? <laughs> I guess that's where the real issue is. Is like, is there a bunch of krakens? You know. <laughs> like, is it? Do you roll like a random encounter table where, you know, there's either like a monster attacking you, where another ship comes by, or you're trying Fishing. to evade a ship? I guess. Um, oh, that yeah, that'd be a pretty cool encounter, evading a ship, kind of like how you did your chase. Yeah, it would just be like a chase scene. Um, you try to do certain things to, um, you know, boost your own speed or help benefit your travel in some way. To I think airship though may be a bit easier in that regard because you know, flying by plane obviously it's, the airship's not a jet engine, but flying by air is much faster than flying by land or sea. So you definitely don't have you. We wouldn't typically have to make up for you know weeks of travel, ever. Generally, be what if a couple of days across the continent. Maybe not. Maybe a little more because technically, we want to get all. They're we, pretty we slow, really done aren't a, they? Um, depends if you got the wind with you or not. But mm, gotcha. And I guess it I guess it depends on the technology. Hmm. You have multiple wizards out there gusting behind you, you know, like a bunch of ways around like how you want to do it. Um, are they utilizing some kind of secret ore metal that was that they've only been you know, that they've monopolied and only they know how to temper it and make it you know, maybe it hover, yeah, has some kind of magical effects that makes it hover or whatever. Yeah. We have a lot of little 
things you can do to um, get around it. Create mm-hmm. a, a magic and magical engine that has like spell scroll fly and exped- expeditious retreat in it. And like permanency it onto this core that runs the airship propellers or something. You know, just a lot of like little role play things I think you could come up with to, you know, this is a magical core that we have created, you know, this prototype, whatever airship, and then it works. And then, you know, then they know how to produce them again. Yeah. Which could make them faster. I think. Magic speed would be much faster than propellers. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, probably. But yeah, I don't I don't uh I don't have anything set in stone at the moment. Um I'm really just focusing all my attention onto the new game currently. Um Yeah. And I think, you know, if we can get ourselves in a good spot to where we just have a nice continuation of games. Um, and if we find players that are looking for a more long-term, then um, I can start up another one of those. Uh, we'll already be playing a uh, long-term game that you'll be running, Yinsu. Our uh, avatar meets Three Kingdoms meets Demon Slayer sort of game. Um, the awesome weeb game. game. Yeah. Um, the coolest game. <laughs> uh, and then we'll also have like the, yeah, the one shots we'll be doing in XLG. Um, Ico runs games for like a job right they run so many right. of those mm-hmm. um yeah we're looking in the double checking legalities but looking into figuring out how if we can get because obviously the the customers would want have to know and be okay with being streamed essentially yeah uh and then so possibly getting one of those on on the stream and or like i was interested in streaming just like for our normal mortal woes regulars uh a a game a galabad game that would be fun yeah but um i guess my point is you know we have plenty of games going on all the time. Um, you don't deserve a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, I need to get him one of Ico's games. I guess I need to check uh, her page and just buy a seat at some point. I'd be willing to do that, too, just to get in on a game. Um, sometimes she has uh, free seats to fill. That was double check. Yeah, I need to get her. There, just have like like if it's a new game and like it's trying to trying to draw attraction to it. 
Uh, no, she's hit me up before. Hey, I got a free seat for the time being. Do you want to hop in? But I typically can't make it because she'll do games. Some so like she has like morning games and like mm. afternoon games, and you know, make basically a nine to five. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be on like my normal game days, so that'd be tricky. That's something I would like to do. Um, but yeah, either. Uh, going back to what we were talking about before if none of those sort of topics I think it would be fun to try to find a place to run a campaign um, within Galabad as well just so I can explore different areas not that there isn't an uncharted area that I haven't even visited in in New Mestria but you know right? just to uh, sort of intermingle with the other continent that we have in our world that I haven't really done a whole lot in yet. Um, That's initially why I was kind of wanted to do Galabad for my campaign off the rip. Went with Yinsu though, but I thought that'd be like a cool way to get people involved in the other continent of the, of the planet. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just need to figure out how we're going to make that connection and then pull the trigger on it. And that way, you know, that is an option for regardless of whose game. I mean, not that it's not yeah. an option right now, but, you know, it's kind of like our personal preference to kind of hold off until yeah. we've, you know, because we want to make, make that it. a game, right? Like we want yeah, that to I think be that'd be a cool game. A game that discovers the other land. So Yeah, we got I think we could put it in place, you know, in theory, hey, this in this part of the timeline this happened, you know. And it would allow people to play characters from the other continent, but um uh, that requires, you know, of this like gap in timeline, essentially. You know, oh, Nemestria is, you know, ever since the, the Blue Flame has been taken down, you know, there's been like a world level peace, you know, or continent level peace. Obviously, there's like the mini series and one shots happening, but they're not like catastrophic. So, typically, you know, peace has happened. You know, during this time is when the tree campaign happened. Now, these next game, this next campaign starts after that one. You know, you can play characters from. As if you want to get super technical, you don't have yeah. to. Obviously, the Sentinels decide to head east from Galabad and land directly yeah. into the Elden Vale as they see the World Tree off in the distance. See, I just they're hovering right over the world tree, and you see ropes drop from the <laughs> legion of airships. Yep, armored sentinels come fast roping down. The elves caught off guard during peacetime, or you know, there's no airships right now in Numestria, so 
That might be weird. <laughs> what are those? Yeah. It's like, uh oh. They're, uh, Incoming. Mechanical flying another, beasts. Another race of elves wiped off the planet. Yeah. You have to create your own genesis. Two continents of elves being grown by trees. <laughs> Yours were grown by trees? They are now. Nice. Uh, I don't think it's ever been clarified if elves can mate now, though. I, but uh, initial genesis to repopulate the elves, they were grown from trees. Hmm. A, a tree. So. Gotcha. Hmm. That was after the sentinels were removed from Galabad and he who breathes slag remade Galabad into like elven architecture. He basically breathed fire across the city, melted everything down and reformed it. Yeah. Good old dragon deity. An animated cutscene of that. Right. <laughs> That was a, that was a uh, cool moment to be a part of. That was actually when I was playing Brambi, the leader of the Blackfoots. Now, anyways, that was a Pathfinder when back then. Hmm. When, uh, everybody was waiting on Five E still. It was, uh, it was known, but uh, it was what probably like two thousand. 13-ish time frame with that whole part. Rogue Sniper getting a Rogue Sniper Assassin. You could get um, you could assassinate people from like 300 feet away <laughs> to lay down ghillie suit. Yeah. Dial in. Alright, I studied him for a round. I'm gonna shoot him and it's dead. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Like the. That was my first, like, non, like, barbaric character that I played for a very long time. That's my usually go to. I was usually the guy that kicked the doors down instead of letting people open them safely. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Young, young Evan roleplay. Right. <laughs> what Etma, Etma stemmed from so <laughs> well it looks like we are uh, approaching that time I guess at the moment uh, ask and see if anybody has any questions if not we'll kind of wrap up here questions questions does anyone have Questions, comments, concerns. Second, I thought you were doing the Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions? Um, excuse me. I would uh just like to inquire if um anyone has any questions. Going once. 
going twice. Mm. Sold. All right. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like anybody has any questions, so uh, I think we'll go ahead and end the stream here. Um, thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us tonight, and we uh, hope to see you next time. Um, we will do one more session of Vinewood tomorrow night. Um, so that'll be the last session of that. Ooh, yes. Just to, you know, just so we can play for funsies. We'll get that wrapped up and then, uh, be mainly just working on the new XLG game. I don't really know if we'll be doing anything next week during the week. We may do uh, a sort of creation stream or something during the normal scheduled time that we typically have our games since um, Gear 2 just wrapped up his couple of games uh, not too long ago. And then, um, you know, my game wrapped up Wednesday. So everything, all the games are coming to a close and opening up a new chapter here. So, <laughs> uh, but again, uh, thanks everyone for joining. Um, come on out tomorrow night and join us. Evan, do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, thanks. Appreciate everyone. <laughs> yep. Thanks everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>